Hey listeners, uh, this is 3Rs, the radio station 3Rs, which you just heard was a uh, 14 minute ambient blues jam by the band Blues Jam. Good man, he's been working in the industry for 50 years now. Um, coming up, we're going to be hearing from uh, Psychedelic Squid Explosion. Uh, they've got a 20-minute self-titled single-slash-album called This Is Fun. Uh, let's, let's take a listen to that. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. All these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, the captain said, the icebergs only dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast the tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, everyone their own despise, remember when the world was wise, we know, no, 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 no. How are you doing, Darcy? I'm very well, Kieran. I'm a little <coughs> bit tired, but mm. otherwise fine. Last week I sat too close to the microphone and people could hear me breathing in a disconcerting way. Uh, I did that in the second... We recorded a second episode there, which we haven't released yet, but uh, that was hell too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough to... It's hard to- being us. I also discovered, for the first time ever, I've heard an audio, audibly a tick that I do, Mm. which is where I'll subconsciously ghost repeat a thing that I've That's right. You're completely unaware of this, right? I'm completely unaware of this, but I'm now hearing it for the first time in almost three decades. And and how is is that experience? Fucking mortifying. (laughs) Fucking mortifying. It's kind of charming, I think. It's look. It's once you get used to it, you know. Once you realise that you're not just so satisfied with your joke that you have yeah, to say it twice. That I not. This is unfortunate because I didn't think I needed another thing that made me appear <laughs> smug and pleased with myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's uh, that's life. I'm almost know. literally just wandering around with a pot of cream, sucking it off the spoon, and giggling at my own <laughs> cleverness. And now it turns out I have a tick where I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you just repeat. repeat my things. Repeat my things. Yes. Yeah. Please don't milk that joke too hard. <sighs> I don't have a choice, Kieran. Yeah, that's true. It's a All self-milking right. joke. Should we get into the headlines? <laughs> yeah, let's please get onto the. <laughs> Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. All right. The first headline comes to us from the Sydney Morning Herald. Mm. It's by Lisa Vicenton and Nico Malley. This is New South Wales. Labor to introduce legislation allowing family members to ban relatives from clubs. Mm-hmm. Now, essentially, this is a, a move by Luke Foley, who leads the New South Wales Labor opposition, yep. to allow relatives of problem gamblers to impose a gambling ban on that gambler's behalf. Sure. So if you live with a gambler, uh, you can... Go into the club yourself and say they're not self-excluding, they're an addict. If you yeah. allow this person into your premises, you're violating your gambling licence. Mm. To which the gambling licence holder says, Yes, yes, certainly, while I get the paperwork, why don't you take a seat over there and have a spin on the machine? 
pretty much. Although they, I think most clubs would take this reasonably seriously because well, the penalties yeah, for can't... violating a gambling license are way higher than violating an alcohol license. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't fuck around with it. You can fuck people. Yeah, you can absolutely but, fuck uh, them until they put their hands up and say, I'd like you to help. <laughs> you fucked me into the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Please exclude me from the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to fuck anymore. I don't want to be fucked. Obviously, this isn't like, you know, the ban on gambling that uh, that would actually be potentially helpful because. Yeah. Or, or, or the reform in social services that uh, would make it easier for people to walk away from gambling addictions. Mm. Um, but because the Labour Party aren't going to do that. The Liberal Party definitely aren't going to do that. Oh, and yeah, the Greens no. are doing their best to not publicly have a policy on anything to do with individual choices at the moment because they're worried both sides of the aisle will scream at them if yeah. they say anything. <laughs> it's a tough debate to wade into, I guess, but... They are also, in theory, supposed to have convictions. Yeah, they are in theory. Although, in fairness as well, that they, they are there to protect the environment. That's the party's like raison d'etre. Yeah, and everyone's just been dumping a load of other agendas onto the Greens because the two major parties are so fucking useless. Yeah, and, and our natural thought process is. I don't like Labour. I don't like Liberals. I don't know anything about you. Therefore, mm. you must be good. <laughs> It's like when you've got a uh, like a napkin that's totally stained in tomato sauce, and it's like two a.m. on a Saturday morning, and you kind of try you try to throw it away in the bin, but all of the bins are overflowing with shit. So you look at the recycling bin, and you're like, "Well, technically, it's made of paper." And you I just mean, it's it fine because we don't do recycling anymore because mm. we still haven't found a substitute for China. Yeah, well, so it's all just landfill. <laughs> <laughs> Don't panic for now. What a terrible fucking uh, thing. So what are the what are the like <laughs> it makes throwing stuff out a little bit easier. That's, it's a nice that's true. it's a nice holiday for conscientious people. <laughs> <laughs> so uh who is like allowed to ban who in this sort of extremely neoliberal solution to... Uh, because this is just an announcement from the opposition leader. It's pretty vague at the moment. Yeah. Essentially, this is something that is to be used in extremis, which means sure. either nothing or it means that you would have to somehow be able to prove that somebody to whom you have a duty of care or who has a duty of care to you... Or your dependents, or, or your their de dependents, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Or their dependents, yeah. Um, there's a duty of care relationship of some kind in the equation, mm. which is being violated by this person's problematic gambling, and they <laughs> and you would have to demonstrate somehow that they are refusing to yeah. do anything about it off their own bat. So it is a classical neoliberal solution in that it's like, we've, we've found a system where the individuals can, in each individual case, solve the problem. And it's like, but I don't have access to the, like, legal or regulatory apparatus necessary to do yeah, this. It's and it's the, like, it's no, what you need to do is log on to the Department of Human Services website. We've just cut 300 jobs there, so it should be, <laughs> you know, nice and empty. I don't think that's how sites work. Anyway, you go there, you download the 14 forms and the 28 branching forms off of each of those forms to demonstrate that you have legal 
ownership over that person and then we'll misfile it and deport them and they won't be able to gamble anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic case of, um, well, all human beings are rational and have perfect knowledge, so mm. it'll be fine because yeah. people would not have gambling problems in the first place if mm. they were rational and had perfect knowledge. Yeah. Uh, it I think it's fine mm. to ban... You just ban slot machines. Yeah, because sure. Because they're not gambling, because it's rigged. So it's just losing money. There's no way... Yeah. Even if you win sometimes, over the lifetime of a slot machine lo- user, yeah. you will, will lose money, because that's how they're designed. A bit of a Freudian slip there. It was a Freudian one. slip. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get rid of them. Fuck that. Uh, I mean, it's... It is gambling... As an industry term, not as a sort of conceptual thing in its purest form of just like, yeah, we've mathematically figured out how to just steadily suck cash away from people. Yeah. And their families and community. Yeah. We're, we're losing progressive taxation in Australia mm. and we are stepping up easy access to irresponsible gambling services while we reduce social services. Yeah. We're becoming... I think we're well on the way to being worse than America, because well, America's yeah. starting to have a lethargic turn away from this bullshit. Yeah, there's in some places. There's like appreciable uh, leftist movement in America, and there there's is actually a hardcore of people in both the city and in the country who are like weirdly savvy about how government should be taking care yeah. of them and how everything can't be these sort of fucking band-aid solutions. We've kind of always taken our um, our overlords' worst ideas, though, and ignored their good ones. Yeah. Right? So when Britain was calling itself the Asylum of Nations, we mm. were instituting the White Australia policy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yep. as America is screaming about how terrible neoliberalism is and how it's ruined what was, on the face of it, an unruinable country, like, 50 years ago. A place that could only get better. Yeah. um, And has only got worse. Yeah. Where, like, yeah, so it seems to be the problem for the solution to everything. I think we should keep rolling it. (laughs) The thing is, there's no fucking, like, substrate to build the, the fucking sea plants of knowledge or something here. Everybody is just so, like, blithely unconcerned with politics. And if you complain about... I feel like here, more maybe even than America, you're likely to get somebody being like, oh, luckiest country on the fucking planet, mate. Yeah, mate. What are you complaining about? Everybody gets a fair go. Look, I dropped out of school at 16 and just decided to completely stop learning everything altogether. Got a tradies license. Been fitting pipes for the last 15 years. Owned two homes. I vote liberal. I fucking hate other people of any other race that don't look exactly like me. I fuck my dog. What are you, what's your problem? Luckiest country in the world. You get too many of those people. Whereas in America, there's just, I don't know... They've been so ground down, or they've got well, these heroes I mean, like like Eugene the, the analog of that character in America doesn't believe in luck. It's divine providence, right? Which yeah, kind of makes it harder to shift in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But that that the, they are so contemptible, though, and the yeah. outcome of their ideology is so obvious that it's much easier for American people to resist. Yeah, the only thing that's stopping America is their horrendous procedural and structural problems with their democratic system, but the weight mm. of the people is already on board. Yeah. 
as far as demographics go, they've won that fight. Mm. And they have a proud history with lots of heroes of old kind of like either civil disobedience or socialist well, agitators. Yeah, because it was full of like labor movements, or full whatever. of brilliant, courageous people who didn't fit into nineteenth-century autocratic Europe. I'm like fuck this. Yeah, we need that. But I guess uh, we've we're, we're stuck with this roundabout of inadequate solutions until something gets really <coughs> really bad for enough people here. Yeah, we need Pro- like an Australian Brexit, except we were already shunned by all of our neighbours because we're. Such an appalling regional player and performer. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is maybe it's easier for us to outsource our misery just just over there. Like it feels like that's kind of becoming a bit more difficult for America. So they have to kind of put a lot of the misery maybe. on here. But here we're allowed to outsource quite a lot of it and to distract with quite a lot I, of sort of like. I'm I kind of know, I'm skeptical that we're going to have a big change until China. Uh, becomes sufficient in green technology Mm. and replaces uh, iron ore manufacturing with carbon manufacturing yeah then then most of our um, plutocrats will die or collapse and we might have a chance at explaining to people that we've had a terrible system for decades but yeah here's hoping (laughs) for the moment though when all you've got in parliament is uh an asshole Every solution is going to smell like shit. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Ooh, shall we And cue your headline, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so the first one, both of these are dumb. Uh, The first one, uh, for the ABC, uh, Stephanie Dalzell writes, NBN frustration prompts (laughs) community to take high-speed internet into their own hands. So uh, there's this community that has been serviced by the NBN, they have NBN stuff, but basically they're 20Ks away from uh, Parliament House, wherever they are, in whatever state they are. Could have read the article more closely, <laughs> didn't though. Um, but anyway, uh, they are only eligible for satellite coverage. So they have this <clears throat> satellite coverage max download, 25 megabits per second, obviously always less than that. So they've, they're quite close to the city. They're paying heaps more for 120 gig a month, where previously they had unlimited. Uh, I think $200 a month it was. Whoa! And they're stuck with this, like, shitty thing that drops out all the time. So they've had to... This is the same thing. This Just is go back pushing to the solution. Naked DSL service. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but they. I guess they can't. I guess that's not an option. You're for not them allowed anymore. to because of freedom of choice. And yeah, the yeah. Marketplace and stuff. Yeah, the marketplace. Voting with your wallet. <laughs> so what they're being forced to do is vote for their wallet. Literally crowdfund from their own community the money required to get the NBN to So they have fiber. to pay for fiber optic cabling now. They have to pay for fiber own. optic cabling. So they paid for it through their taxes and, and now f- they have to directly purchase it too. Yeah. And for trench labor and, and shit like that. And they Jesus. they need like eighty percent of the populace or something to to sign on to get it done. It's just a case of again, the gigantic fucking cock up. This is actually the NBN in microcosm, right? They've had to pay for it through taxes. Yep. They've had to wait until now to get their uh, fucking service. Again. It's underperformed, and they've had to pay out of pocket again a fucking huge amount to get the problem fixed. For international listeners, mm. 2008 yes. was when the then Labour Party 
begun the process of laying down fiber optic cables mm. in Australia. Yeah. And ten we years are now later, broadcasting like, in 2018. Yeah. And you're lucky if no like, one has it yet, and the people who do have it hate it because yeah, it's the, still I, half copper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this a little while ago. The only people who have it functioning as intended are like universities ex- and hospitals, universities and hospitals, and government buildings, and a couple of extremely rich suburbs because fucking money has obviously changed yeah, hands, and right. they've bribed people. When or, you, or they've just paid for it. Yeah, they could have, apparently. You can just buy the info now. Infrastructure is a voluntary fucking purchase. Yeah, let's neoliberalize oh. infrastructure. You can pay for the like one little strip of road out the front of your house and pay to get it maintained. Could you maybe now that you could potentially get a bank, right? If you sell this properly to a banker, yep. because we know that internet accessibility is a house price modifier in Australia mm-hmm. and it can shift it between I think 10-15% if you do sure. or don't have internet that's mm. tens of thousands in some cases up to like hundreds of thousands of dollars Yeah. so you could potentially get a loan from a bank to help fund this yeah. with the argument that it is actually a capital investment for the bank because they're especially if you're already mortgaged to them, yeah, they're going to be massively increasing the value of their investment for a minimal spend. Yeah, sure. But then you're still putting the onus still, on uh, the no, loan. No, it's still a head fuck. So. I'm just thinking of ways that it might be cheaper for no ordinary... And then you yeah. further jeopardise your mortgage and so on. So it's not ideal, but... Yeah. And plus whatever this ordinance is of fucking 80% people... Yeah, that seems like an arbitrary line to draw. I don't know. Who knows? It's all fucking fragmented as well. And completely, like, people are just making it up as they go along, which is, I'm assuming, how these small communities of rich people already have fibre to the premises. It's ironic in a way, because this is exactly the sort of situation Mm. that early liberalism the 18th century liberalism sought to abolish and make sure would never happen was this kind of you know, rentier class who were just basically vampires or, like, remora fish on the economy, just essentially doing nothing and sucking blood out. Yeah, that old poster of the octopus of uh, landlords or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So now neoliberalism has also become anti-liberalism. Yeah, of course, because there's, there's this fucking dark spirit that lurks within humanity and every system that you come up with to <laughs> fucking fix the problem is just a temporary shackle yeah it's playing and warhammer against julian i used to play warhammer against well, our a young man called know. julian who was able to no, no matter what edition of the game it was no matter mm. what edition the army book references were mm. julian would always find a way to completely yeah. outplay the guys who'd written the rules up and it was impossible to beat him, and it, even yeah. if he did, it was boring and dispiriting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pa- it's power gaming, which ruins every <laughs> every game ever. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's frustrating and it's bleak, but that's the human fucking condition: is that everything will slide into this sort of wanton avarice and like just so fucking accustomed to diving through loopholes that you might as well be an exhibit at SeaWorld. Like, (laughs) fucking hell. 
we're ruined. What's your next headline? My next headline is... Uh, it's kind of related. It's about information technology of a sort. Mm-hmm. The next headline comes to us from the BBC by Taylor Kate Brown, writing from Boulder, Colorado. Mm. Why local US newspapers are sounding the alarm. Now, I've chosen this item of foreign news because it has bearing on Australia, because our local newspapers are also uh, rotting. <laughs> Mostly, they're just the leader, which is essentially a, yeah. a neglected brochure. It's like a student newspaper for... Actually, it's less interesting, it's less than, interesting a student. than a student newspaper. It's full of... Writers. It's like 54 pages of real estate advertisement, and then like... Young kids, show us what's what. Uh, some article about local counselor teaches dog to high five. Yeah, yeah, and then occasionally, depending on what suburb you're in, there'll be like a little snuck in thing where it's like, gay brown people are causing our terrible road toll. Really? And it's like, man, you read the leader way more closely than I do. No, right? I've just I've <laughs> I've seen it a couple of times. Sometimes you have uh, an eight hour shift, and six of those hours are spent in. <laughs> mind-numbing uh, <laughs> silence and boredom. That sounds... And you've got nothing to do but read the leader. That, that sounds like on the fucking heaven table. compared to... I thought so when I started the job, but, uh, <laughs> you know... Get over it. Every every good thing must end. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, back to my headline, mm. you little hijacker. Sorry. Um, <laughs> for all of its faults, America is probably the only country in the world where people would bother doing an in-depth investigation into the impact of local newspapers closing down. Yeah, that's true. And it's a disastrous impact. It's a disproportionately horrible, horrible impact. Mm. When your local newspaper closed down, which America's lost 1,800 local papers Mm. in the past 14 years, uh, and the papers that remain are no longer owned by the kind of proprietors that we proprietors that we imagine, mm. uh, you know, sort of Citizen Canes or, you know, local Rotary academics or what have you. Yeah. They are now owned by uh, impersonal investment concerns. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of course. Just boring conglomerates who buy them because they need assets strip them down to the minimal functional staff and to leave them to die. Yeah, so print has learned a lot from uh, internet press where a bunch of sort of amoral, vampiric entrepreneurs will start up 17 blogs with no real topic and then pay foreigners 50 cents a word to write barely comprehensible articles to get SEO. Yeah, basically. Fucking hits so that they can sell Google AdWords. Basically, um, local employment effects are disastrous because mm-hmm. a properly run newspaper is quite labour-intensive, even with modern kind of economies of scale and yep. so forth. You oh, need, I'd love to work for a fucking You need paper. journalists, you need delivery people. Mm. You know, the printers don't employ as many people as they used to, but it's still allows a family to feed itself. Yeah. Um, in Denver, 10 mm. years ago, yep. the Rocky Mountain News went under. That employed 200 people, and it left the Denver Post as the last remaining local newspaper, sure. which they were not happy about, mm. uh, despite, like, 100 years of 
deep-seated hatred between the publications mm. because when there's only one local newspaper left, it makes it much easier for local business people and local political entities to pressure them into silence yeah. because there's no other route for the story to get out. Yeah, you need kind of... Because if two local mm. papers stand together and say, this has happened, people pay attention. If one does yeah. it, people can just go, Ugh, fake news, don't care. Yeah. Local government becomes much less efficient without a local newspaper mm-hmm. uh, because local television and radio stations don't have the resources to cover political matters as effectively as newspapers, and they don't have the time that newspaper journalists can spend digging stuff up. Yeah. So the supervision of municipal authorities collapses without a local newspaper, yeah. and people become much less uh, savvy about their local political candidates' uh, positions yeah which is desperately like we need or america at at the very fucking least needs people to be informed about local politics now more than ever yeah so people become less uh, likely to vote and become less sure of their vote Mm -hmm. and more inclined to just vote for the party that they believe best suits them yeah without actually knowing who they're voting for sure uh so since yes basically since um local news stopped being curated by professionals and became a treasure hunt on the internet. Mm. Um, People are less informed, less engaged, and it's much easier for bastards to get away with being bastards. And the fact that that's happening on a local level means that the rot is going to rise, right? Because local government is where America's political leaders and business leaders tend to start their game. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder how that compares or is attenuated by the like rise of kind of decentralized independent presses in America and the current surge of really strong politically uh, engaged populaces voting in politically sort of well I think politicians I That's think cool. what's mm. happening in America yeah is that relatively apolitical citizens yeah for whom voting was a kind of occasional chore but mm. they still had resources to be informed about i think they're dropping off yeah right and the left and the right's kind of p- 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 political animals people with an instinct for it people who enjoy it yeah uh even though it makes them miserable uh are both amping up their game, right? So this yeah. this could be feeding into the famed polarization of the 21st century politic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just difficult to know whether to be excited for victories like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or whether to be, like, extremely stressed out and pessimistic about the huge yeah. number of white supremacists who, <laughs> who are Responding to it. Yeah, yeah, and responding to her through the mainstream media, where they are both invited on as guests and also are presenters in some cases. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, that one. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Right? I, the, I kind of figured the white supremacists would come out in force. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good that the white supremacists are running, but I don't know if they've had any really serious victories yet, other than just their routine uh, victories, which is getting elected as sheriffs and yeah, sort of they've had a lot of, of like um, and stuff. theatrical victories. Yeah, but I the white supremacists are um, a minority of the white population, which yeah. is a small majority in America. So yeah. they're not a huge 
threat mm. in, in terms of America's history over the next like two to three hundred years I don't think the white supremacists are going to be a yeah. huge but the worry is if at the moment if as they... far as their capacity to affect human lives now hmm yeah do you think oh would that the collapse of the local newspaper industry sends sufficient ripples through the politics yeah, to exacerbate the problems caused by white nationalists. I mean, it's all I connected, right? I think they could, because white nationalists draw most of their support mm. from anecdotal local populaces. Yeah. And if there's not a local newspaper that is giving you a balanced and fair view of the demographics around you mm. can be very easy to be taken in by a charismatic uh, fuckwit. Yeah, yeah, which Americans often are. I hadn't thought of that. I don't know. I might have to do more investigation into yeah. the collapse of Maybe you've found a, a pet topic. Because, I mean, potent- well, I wouldn't say a pet topic. It's not inherently very interesting, but the effects <laughs> of it are, could be very interesting. Yeah, sure. It's definitely- we've never had mm. in Australia that dynamic of local news no uh, it's all sort kind of, of culture i suppose we have a lot smaller population than america like a, we're a we do but also just like, less than a tenth the size of america like a seventh maybe yeah but also like a like a just a less exciting 15th daily um, political life yeah i love it because i whenever you guess oh. at a number i never have to think about it i just go yeah and keep talking and wait for wait you to for go me to no sorry i was myself. off by half because well, I off always, by a factor of 10 because i always go in the wrong direction is the problem right yeah My the other day when brain you doesn't work well yeah the other the other week when you were like get up is spending ten thousand dollars per voter or something i was like that's got to be wrong but i'm not going to do the maths He'll, uh, he'll, he'll patch it up later. Yeah, he'll figure it out. It's so patently weird oh, that he has to be figuring it out. Jesus, fucking it's terrible. Wonderful. Hate my brain. Well, this is why I never try to do maths on the fly. Yeah, it's fair. I probably shouldn't either. I should have learned some <laughs> while ago. It's a problem. You want you to add us, heft to one your of us, article. Well, I feel like one of us has to mention numbers occasionally. Yeah, Exactly. And um, I'm glad that it's you glad that that's it's officially in that role. <laughs> you do the editing, I get numbers wrong. Mm, yep. Uh, <laughs> that's where the volume suspiciously goes up for a second. Uh, all right, shall Over we you, move on quickly? Yeah. Uh, I have to apologize because I'm just definitely going to pronounce this name wrong. Uh, Nduta Waweru. My pronunciation there is wrong, so I apologize. This is for Face to Face Africa, this, uh, this headline. It's it's funny. CEOs are bidding millions to sleep in Mandela's old cell. Oh, South Africans are fuck not amused. Off. Yeah. Yep. No shit. South Africans are not amused. <laughs> so there's this CEO sleep out program, which is supposed to raise awareness of yeah, f- fucking who knows what the fact that people occasionally go to prison. For- How terrible it is for homeless people to have Nelson Mandela's old cell. Yeah, that's not a real life situation. That's <laughs> <not> a- <laughs> it's fucking crazy, and uh, it's it's the most like Mandela's old cell uh, is. Yeah, it's a relic. The right? hot- it's like a cultural relic. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the Jesus of South Africa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone got very excited, but things are still largely the same. Yeah. 2,000 years after his death or whatever, well, wherever we are now. Let, let's not get too stuck in the weeds of South Africa's struggle out of uh, monstrosity, because let he who does not live in a glass house in which blacks are not allowed 
cast <laughs> the first stone. Uh, <laughs> Snappy. Like yeah, that. not sure if that holds up syntactically, but... Um, Just agree that Dutch people are intrinsically evil and move on. Yeah, sure. That seems like the easiest solution. More racism. So there's this CEO sleepout thing, and obviously Mandela's old cell is like the big ticket item right. that every CEO wants to to sleep in, and to be able to Ugh. say, as somebody who spent a night in Mandela's old cell, I'm always very committed to fighting injustice. I was gonna walk a mile in his shoes, but they were fucking uncomfortable. So. Yeah really just made it to the corner. But I think I see where he's coming from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine, just imagine, having to sleep there more than one night and not to be able to immediately go out and get a smoked salmon omelette the next day. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. And it's... Uh, this is this corporate charity thing always fucking skeezes me out because it's essentially just the world finding a balance position where it's like, we can kind of trick corporations into being nice yeah. and charitable by but giving them something in return. They're tricking us into thinking that we've tricked them into being nice. Yeah. And it's just allowing them into our homes to take more of our precious finite wealth. Yeah. The person who first came up with the idea and sold it must have just run breathless into the boardroom and be like, I've found a way to double our... Uh, effect for our marketing budget. It's called Marketing 2.0, and it's called Pretending to Not Be a Cunt. I always assumed that was Richard Branson's innovation. I could be wrong. Probably. Richard Branson in association with Tony Blair, the Mm. two worst English people since Judge Jeffries. (laughs) Uh, It is a very modern problem, right? Like, monsters convincing people that they're either, like, genius iconoclasts or... Uh, which is kind of more of an old model, or, like, massive philanthropists. Like, everybody loves Bill Gates, and it's like, you know, good work uh, on malaria. Yeah, it would be like if Robin Hood kept kind of almost all of the gold (laughs) and just sprinkled some coins around, you know, some Mm. copper coins around the local peasants. Got all of this from uh, Lord Belfry's estate. Yours now, don't thank me. Yeah. Now, if you sign up for the good monthly plan for... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no, actually, it would be like if the Sheriff of Nottingham was Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. They kill Robin Hood and then Sheriff of Nottingham comes out in the green clothes and he's like, it was me all along. That was just a little bit of an ARG to get you interested in our product. (laughs) Sherwood Monthly. You pay us 400 Ducats, whatever currency we use. <laughs> pounds? They used pounds. Pounds, yeah, but it's not at it. That's not as theatrical, is it? Yeah. It would be like, so I'm gonna, you're going to be my tenant now. I'm yep. taking over this farm that mm-hmm. used to be Robin's ancestral property. Yeah. And I will give you less in return than he used to, but mm. I will come around and do it personally. I will shake your hand and tell you that we're friends. Yeah. All of the merry men get the WWE treatment where it's like, Friar Tuck, you're just Tuck now. And you're a upwardly mobile middle class professional. Here's a doublet. That does mean yeah. you will have to lose the tummy. Yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's got to go. We'll get you on a cleanse. Will Scarlet, you get to keep the name. You're our community outreach guy now. Also the high ropes worker. Yeah. 
Who's the biggest risk? Who needs to be put in the risky position where they take the fall? Uh, Little John. Little John, yeah, of course. Little John becomes the new CEO, and the second (laughs) some ill wind comes, it's like, he's in the dungeon! Where are you not? (laughs) This analogy has gone far enough. A little bit, yeah. Didn't fall flat, but we've pushed it as far as it can go. I think it's time to quickly move on. Yes. Let's uh, go to topics. Topics! We need a sting here. Uh, a song. I don't mean that we should improvise it now, but if you want to, by Well, all there means. was a good bit about news of the world, but Mock the Week already have that mm. one. We'll think of something. Yeah. In any case... Did you, um, do you still feel the same way about farmers? I wanted to check in on you. Because um, you were very I'm, heated. I'm less like animated with rage than I was. Yeah. I'm I'm still genuinely amazed mm. at the uh the confidence in one's capacity to bullshit. Yeah. Which even I don't think I could stride out after twenty years of fiercely <laughs> opposing something mm. and wave my arms in the air and say, Why hasn't anyone done anything about this? Yeah. Why didn't you know Hitler scream shaking Goebbels like why didn't you stop me you're supposed to be an ideas man <laughs> yeah yeah you, you must have seen where this was going um yeah I'm not I, I'm more impressed with farmers than I was last week it is week. daring it is incredibly bold <laughs> also possibly the boldest political yeah. mover very understated so you don't necessarily realise it but it is insanely bold <laughs> both really disappointed and really impressed mm. I'm somewhat pleased that they're now on the right side of the issue yeah I, I wish they'd had the wisdom to be on the right side of the issue when it mattered and mm. something could have been done about it but yeah Better late than never. Better late than never. Because as you said, at least we now have the weird pleasure of knowing that we were right about how we should have avoided the iceberg uh, as we freeze to death in the waters mm. of the Arctic mm. Sea. Yes. Yes, good. Uh, for my part, I mildly, mildly regret saying that democracy is a scam. Not because it's not a scam, but because it's a scam as configured now. Not in uh, principle. Not in principle. Yeah. Yeah, what's true, representative democracy is an inexcusably inefficient and unrepresentative Mm. way of doing democracy in the information age. Yeah, just it's not set up for now. You'd see why it was a good compromise in the 18th century, you know, because not everyone could just go to London and talk about stuff. Yeah. But now everyone can because of, as you say, the internet. Mm. Oh, well, who gives a fuck? Nobody has any time for regret. Uh, Let's move on to topics. Okay, I feel sad now. Uh, But I'll feel happy soon, because I'm going to talk about my favourite senator and political hero, David Lionhelm, from the Liberal Democratic Party. Mm. Lionhelm has got in trouble recently because he said a sexist... He said a sexist to Mm. Senator Hanson Young. Yep. Uh, I suspect... I suspect Mm. he said it to Senator Sarah Hanson Young because he knew that she would make a huge song and dance about it. Probably. Which would mean that people would be like, oh, there's a guy called David Lionhelm in the Senate from the Liberal Democratic Party. I had no idea that he existed and the election's about to happen, so I'm glad that reference was made. Yeah. Because he basically, he got in on a lucky in 2013. Mm. Um, He holds the seat by very little, and, yeah, he's largely unknown outside of the realms of politics nerds. Yeah. So I think what he's trying to do is basically 
like whistle out to mm. kind of white men assemble. Yeah, that's this is why it's kind of an inspired move tactically, right? Because yeah. Hanson Young is the perfect target because she because she'll fight back. Which well, means that yeah, she'll- she fights back and she's like quite reasonably perplexed at the fact that she keeps copying shit seemingly just because she's a woman. But because she fights back, she plays right into that it's, stereotype. It's weird, of isn't it? The because she scold. does represent politically everything that the right hate anyway. Yeah. So they, like, she's to the left of the Greens Party on a lot of I- issues. Yeah. And um, you'd think they could just attack her on policy pretty easily. But because- it's so easy. It's so easy for them to. to but apparently, bait it's, the e- MRA it's easier to just be like MRA. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For somebody like Lionhelm, it's it's. The perfect move because it, it, yeah, that's all you have to do is just get a woman to speak in sort of any righteous tone, no matter how justified, and you'll have a gaggle of fucking morons Absolutely. on her doorstep and, the next day. And it's perfect for him because he's a libertarian. The yes. Liberal Democratic Party are really the libertarian party in Australia. Yeah, they're very small, um, but I got a slight sinking feeling that they're ranks are going to start swelling because yeah. he's in a very good position to be he could he could pull a lot of Pauline Hansen's more rational mm. voting base guys who are too right wing or too racist for the liberal party mm. but who are kind of worried about the fact that Pauline Hansen and Corey Bernardi and the other extreme rightists genuinely seem to be insane yeah. and divorced from reality entirely. David Lionhelm could do very well because he appears to be the most conventionally yeah. patriarchal rationalist. He used to be a veterinarian before he was a politician. Yeah. Right, so he's got... How long can he keep that up, though? Because he is legitimately fucking dumb and keep- bonkers. But- <laughs> <laughs> he's legitimately bonkers. I think he's quite... He's, I mean, he's... He's smart enough to finish medical school. Yeah, I don't. Th- I, so he's not. I like, think he's, he's dumb idiot. in the way that fucking. He's emotionally her- stupid. <clears throat> I'm gonna frog in my throat, but yeah, I think he's Ben Carson dumb, which is to yeah. say Ben Carson is an acclaimed neurosurgeon, but he's also a fucking idiot. Man who thinks that science. This is the people got this. Right. Ben Carson doesn't think that the pyramids were built by aliens. Ben mm. Carson's thought is even me- more mental, which <laughs> is that Ben Carson thinks that scientists think that the pyramids were built by aliens. Remember, yeah. <laughs> I have a conspiracy theory that there's a big conspiracy theory, like. <laughs> and then he's like, obviously there were grain silos because of the story of Joshua. And like, yeah, but that the pyramids aren't hollow. Yeah. They're all solid rock apart from a tiny passage that leads you to the Pharaoh's chamber. Yeah. There's nowhere to put grain. There's nowhere to put grain. Why would you spend two generations ostentatious building ostentatious <laughs> grain silo? Caked with in giant lime, the most expensive building yeah, substance of the day. Caked with a fucking electrum plated stone at the top. Aligned with genuinely frightening precision mm. to the polar star, yeah. which they believed was the portal out of this world because all the other stars appear to revolve around it. Yeah. The pharaoh and the vizier standing on their palanquin watching the thousands and thousands of slaves carry these stones, just being like... So why did uh, we stop using the clay jars for this? How how much much grain are we feeding these (laughs) slaves? 
Mostly onions mm. and beer, actually. Oh, oh good. Okay. Good. Onions perishable. I get it. But still, I, I, feel, I feel, feel, feel like we're going to have trouble beating the Assyrians because they're, <laughs> they're investing all this manpower and stone in, like, fortresses and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, the Egyptians were, if we dispense with this fucking wacko granary idea for a second, <laughs> they were just playing the long game because they were just putting all of their- They were know, investing, investing everything in the afterlife. Yeah. And it, in the mummy They're a great army. example of how the most sophisticated culture of its age can just decide to die if it loses track of reality for yeah. too many generations. We must prevent that. Maybe we shouldn't prevent that from happening. Egypt has mm. left behind the best relics. Yeah, That's cool. something to bear in mind. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway, Senator Lionhelm. <laughs> Senator Lionhelm. So, yeah, he's, he's, he, he first rose to prominence amongst mm. the politically uh, invested with the 18C debacle uh, when George yeah, Brandis right. made his infamous uh, bigots have a right to express their bigotry remarks. Yeah, the least sympathetic political position, almost scientifically. It was a really, um, like, it was a courageous move of Brandis because mm. he was genuinely the best of that bad bunch of liberal MPs. And he mm. had to have, he was also, like, by far and away the most astute and intelligent. Mm. Um, he must have known that it was a, a courageous thing to say. Maybe it's like when you're on a holiday and you're sort of like being like, we'll stop somewhere and you keep kind of passing up on like pubs and restaurants that you pass and be like, there'll be somewhere better up ahead. And eventually you end up getting fucking shitty sandwiches from the local yeah. gas station where the <laughs> fucking bread is moldy somehow. Roll. Yeah. Maybe Brandis was just looking for a hill to die on and eventually he was like, I'm tired. I'll just die on this hill. The dumb Protecting hill. Protecting the bigots. Yeah. yeah. It could have been. I mean, he did seem fairly anxious to get the fuck out of the Senate once he realised who all of his colleagues were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and not be Tony Abbott's Attorney General for oh any longer God. than was necessary. Yeah. <laughs> which is fair. Mm. Um, but yeah, Lionhelm first came to prominence with that. He was, of course, 110% behind the 18C repeal. Mm. Uh, and this was the beginning of the press's really unhelpful way of reporting on David Lionhelm and his positions. Okay. Uh, well, we'll do a thing on 18C and 18D in another episode, but very quickly, 18C, which is the free speech prerogative, as mm. it were, limiter, you know, the... Yeah. Limiter of hate speech and so on and so forth has a caveat after it, which is 18D, which says these are the circumstances in which it's totally fine to engage in bigoted hate speech sure. in Australia, which it covers a lot. Pretty much everything that these libertarians were like complaining about, 18D covers. Yeah. Which is you're allowed to make genuinely <clears throat> ignorant remarks if you're a genuinely ignorant person. It's basically <laughs> the gist yeah. of 18D. Um, but the press didn't report on that. Of course not. Uh, they focused on the interesting and fun bit, which was David Lionhelm getting into slinging matches with people who were like, ah, bit of a thin-skinned, frail, senile old white man, are you? <laughs> Miss the days when you could be rude to people. And he was like, that's really offensive and yeah. horrible. I fail to see how, how my white skin has my- anything yeah. to do with how frail and thin-skinned <laughs> I am. <laughs> and... and 
press were like, oh, look at David Lionhelm getting angry about people winding him up, about him <laughs> wanting to be able to wind people up. Ah, mm. hilarious. And mm. yeah, like it was somewhat ironic, but it wasn't really what I'd call media coverage worthy. Well, nothing. But it, it was is. the beginning of the step of turning a dangerous libertarian thinker into a mm. fun public figure, right? Yeah. And this is what happened with Nigel Farage in the UK, and this is yeah. what happened with Donald Trump in the fucking mm-hmm. US, and all of these fringe, weird pricks. Yeah. President uh, Duarte in the Philippines mm. all start out as fun public figures. Yeah, Corey Bernardi. Corey Bernardi. And, and a fucking Clive Palmer. I mean, he's maybe so ridiculous that he'll never be a force to be reckoned with. It's possible that he'll just fuck up every opportunity he's given. However, he has these massive billboards that say, make Australia great. Yeah. The Clive Palmer party now. And I like that he never, but he didn't didn't go with again. Not for copyright reasons, just yeah. because we all know deep down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you got to give him that. <laughs> it's always been a shithole. <laughs> Make Australia great again. Return to a semi-nomadic pastoral existence in synchronicity with the natural world. Mm. Too late for that. Yeah, Um, we kind of (laughs) burned the library of Alexandria as far as that one's concerned. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Oh, yeah, right. Mm. So, this continued with David Lionhelm and the... Uh, disastrous Tony Abbott border force nonsense, which yeah. was supposed to be essentially a stop and frisk for papers, um, which is mental because a lot of people don't carry their papers. With yeah, them. which is to say, everybody. Um, yeah, <laughs> what a fucking even like if you hone in on that a little bit, that just this it seems like such a small thing. Oh, I have to carry my papers around with me everywhere. But the the ramifications of that psychologically, and as a person who has to exist in a country, allegedly, you know, having a normal life, like that's quite major. It's quite major because uh, you and I would never be stopped and frisked. It would just yeah. be like you know a small number of people who know that they are going to be stopped and frisked, and so have to have their papers on them. Yeah, and uh, and we're never going to leave the house in an incorrect way that puts us at a immense legal jeopardy. No, like that's just right. because yeah, that's I might right. lock myself out of my house as I've done several times, but I'm not going to leave my house without my don't go to jail. Card. And in fairness to Lionhelm, he was against mm. this, but. Sure. Again, the press pretty much just took the chance to make him into a fun guy because they only reported on his kind of quip about it being either a case of harassment or indiscriminate... uh, Sorry, targeted harassment or indiscriminate harassment, which Mm. are both unacceptable. Mm. He's actually expressed it reasonably wittily. It was, you know, a fair play kind of moment. Yeah. But there was no kind of analysis of like, oh, yeah... David Lionhelm's, you know, right or wrong for these reasons. It was just like, oh, there's another funny remark by David Lionhelm, who's decided not to be racist this week. Yeah. His, you know. And now it's Senator Hanson Young and mm. this uh, ridiculous shtick about, you know, why did he tell her to stop rooting men in Parliament? Mm. Uh, because he knew this would happen, I suspect, is the most likely outcome. Yeah. And none of the media speculation, investigation, analysis, or reporting is based around the fact that he has incredibly fucking dangerous mental libertarian ideas. 
yeah. that will exacerbate all of the current social problems in Australia. Mm. And I don't know why the press aren't reporting on that. I think it's because they think their readers are stupid and don't understand things. That's and probably... So they don't, but, and they, they fail yeah. to see that it's a case of begging the question because if you refuse to discuss issues and ideas in your newspapers, mm. it's your fault that your readers are not being exposed to issues and ideas. It is not their fault. You yeah. are stupid, <laughs> not your readers. Yeah. Um, I think you're probably right. And it's... it's it's So, yeah, this is my, my fear, mm. is that David Lionhelm is going to be our Nigel Farage in some way, shape, or form. He's not going to be our Donald Trump, obviously, because yeah. the Liberal Democrats will always be a minority party. Yeah. He could be our Nigel Farage. Something mm. massive and... With multi generational potent yeah, and destructive. Yeah, multi generational consequences. Yeah. Right. Um, Donald Trump disasters. is like a fucking toddler that shits in the backseat of the car and you have to deal with that. But Nigel Farage is like a fucking rat poison pill that gets dissolved in the local reservoir. Like he came in, just reeked in unimaginable damage that was then going to self perpetuate for ages and yeah. then pieced out and was like and we all thought, what a hilarious old drunk. God dear, it's a yeah. good thing. It's a good thing no one takes Nigel Farage seriously. <laughs> yeah. Ah, and Boris Johnson. All these fun, hilarious, wacky characters. Yeah. Um, the press needs to stop promoting as fun, hilarious, yeah. wacky characters and start discussing how dangerous and spiteful and poisonous their ideas are. Yeah. We've got, a, we've got a few people vying for that. Got a few. For such a small political population, we've got a lot of cranks, right? Yeah. Um, like, way fewer than America and Britain. But for our relative population sizes, yeah. it feels like we have more. Probably. Um, I mean, well, just, who knows? But, yeah, we've got enough. <laughs> There's a lot of isolated point. communities in Australia, aren't there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck. Just two guys winding each other up at the pub every night, and suddenly you've got <laughs> David Lionhelm. <laughs> yeah. Uh now, the interesting and disturbing thing about Lionhelm is he's one of these guys who claims he was a socialist until he visited Eastern Europe and South America right. and other countries in desperate need of socialism mm. during the Cold War. Yeah. Um, and stopped being a socialist, stopped being a socialist didn't became, stop being a fucking idiot. Yeah, became a libertarian. Um, but it's, it's just interesting how all of these guys are able to be like, oh, okay, so I can see how Stalinism turned into a fucking terrible disaster everywhere mm. in the world where people tried to adopt it because it's a disgusting, barbaric, mm. hierarchical nightmare. But I'm going to remain completely blind to the consequences of all monetarist authoritarian policies and yeah. <laughs> all of the fucking Pinochets and mm. General Guatiers and <laughs> Yes, yeah. All of it. If you call if you're a socialist and you go and you see Russia and instead of investigating that idea or that particular circumstance further and instead turn around and fucking go to the exact opposite side of the spectrum and be like, well, then the exact opposite of everything I used to think then, I suppose, you weren't really a socialist. I don't understand how you can be a socialist and go to a country where... Mm. Not only do the workers not own the means of production, they mm. don't even own their own fucking shoes. Yeah. And be like, oh, well, workers owning the means of production and 
controlling politics has clearly failed because yeah. in Soviet Russia, workers had no control of anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, that in work. Soviet Russia, means of production in- owns in- you. Yeah, which was actually completely true. Mm. And uh, it was state capitalism, essentially. It was inefficient yeah. state capitalism. Fucking Stalin. Uh, this may Stalin's- seem a little glib, but he has a lot to answer for. Yeah, like dooming the whole fucking world because yeah. of his deliberate thwarting of the greatest experiment in human history the, yes. co- the cold war is probably going to be like the thing that alien archaeologists will be most interested in i'd say so because the second world war was big and fucking traumatic and horrific in a lot of well, ways the cold war the had cold the most war amusing looking computers that's true <laughs> and i guess the fewest deaths but you know at the same time it just fucking fomented this insane paranoia and political disingenuousness that has really fucked us. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, 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 it's, it put the kibosh on the idea of socialism for yeah. two to three generations. Well, people literally thought it was just, yeah. oh, that's a terrible authoritarian system. I don't let's, want anything to Let's do not it. exonerate the significant efforts of the American uh, government and intelligence apparatus in, in doing that. Oh, yeah, sure. huge number but, of fucking coups that you know, they engineered. The, the, the also, but let's also not exonerate the left in in the West, who kept defending these nightmare yeah. red regimes, as it were. This is this is the probably the main reason that when I was at uni or whatever, and I was relatively politically disengaged, and I was like, oh, you know, I vote Labour, but I would never be a socialist, because look at the socialist alternative, because it was a bunch of people walking around in fucking Soviet-looking clothes, yeah. and their posters were all the hammer and sickle on the red, and being it's like... Incredibly fucking unhelpful. Like, yeah. And it's literally like... Uh, you know, somebody who's like, oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a reasonably patriotic German. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm proud of our great poetic history and the, yeah. you know, art of the Romance era and the philosophy of Hegel. So I'm going to hang this swastika up in the yeah. living room. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking, it's crazy. Ugh. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck, that was we wandered a long way away from the topic of David Lionhelm. There may have been less yes. in the topic of David Lionhelm and the and the Liberal Democratic Party that no, I right. first thought when I decided to broach it. Hey, here, here's maybe a, a glimmer of hope. Uh, he, You think that he's using this to exploit to become sort of the the big kind of controversial political figure well, of our Well, to time. be honest, I think he's using it to keep his seat because you need to be in the Senate for two terms to yeah, get your pension. Sure. Overwhelmingly, uh, what I've seen, I haven't been following the story, but I've seen it uh, pop up here and there. I've, I've seen it immediately divert to calling Turnbull and Shorten to account for not immediately calling for an apology, which both of them have done, but people don't yeah, but really that, pay attention that, to things. That is the effect that he wants as well, right? Because yeah. then that that's, that's more of the liberal, mm. you know, horrible old man demographic going, you asked him to apologise to a lefty, commie, greens whore... Yeah, I'm not having anything to do with this party anymore. I'm giving my vote to Senator Lionhelm. Yeah, I'm like definitely. You can't. He's in New South Wales. Well, I'm, I'm giving it to someone horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not painting it as an overall good thing because obviously that's a that's a dumpster fire of a media situation. All the only little glimmer of hope that I'm trying to pull from that is maybe Lionhelm himself won't get the the not 
notoriety. Why did I forget how to pronounce that fucking word, notoriety? Because you're being recorded, darling. Yes, yes, that's it. Um, So, yeah, maybe that'll diffract into a, a huge gallery of fucking morons just like last time, but worse. I hope so. I just, I, I would really like the media to stop going on these ludicrous personality forays and yeah. start analysing the... Start being the news. Stygian fucking yeah. nightmare of his libertarian politics. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to happen, but I would also like that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> mm. Mm. And on that note, it's over to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long this... this how much this topic has in it but basically i thought that i was inured to the destruction of art by commercialism or whatever i thought fair enough you know can't like the black keys as much as i used to anymore because lonely boy blew up and got onto every fucking ford ad that's yeah. fine i and can it would still have been interesting to see where jet might have gone if they'd been allowed yeah. to have a slightly more less Richard Branson e career. Yeah, yeah. So and you know, it's it's fine. We've still got the old albums and stuff. Nobody none of the disingenuous fucking norms who love the Black Keys listen to like Chula Homer or anything. So I can I can still enjoy that as as a fucking pretentious hipster dickhead that I am. Uh however, Apple uh legitimately kind of bummed me out and broke my heart recently. They used the story of an artist by Daniel Johnston in their shitty MacBook ad. And that's what I would like to talk about. The, the ruination of art by the, the filthy dollar. I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Daniel Johnston, musician, started in the 80s, uh, writes these very sweet, very sincere, very offbeat, not-for-everybody kind of songs but there's like a genuine artistic spark in them and a genuine sort of like sincerity that's quite difficult to come across uh partly because he's not equipped to navigate the fucking world but i don't want to like make it a case of fetishizing his mental illness or anything but uh was diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and one of the offshoots is that is just that you know he's yeah basically in some ways incapable of comp- <laughs> compromise yeah well, he's he's less equipped to deal with a ruthless multinational corporation yeah which means he's led in some ways a very sad life but like it it he's made some like really really sweet fucking beautiful art and this song is about how artists are treated badly by society uh and how you know people don't understand them it's a song that he wrote i think he was like 21 or something when he recorded it in like 1982 on a little tape recorder in his fucking front room playing piano and singing or whatever and then apple have used it to sell computers in an ad featuring other creative people using macbooks why they didn't use a song that was made on a mac i don't know and you know why you wouldn't uh use footage of uh creative people who are you know social outcasts yeah living on the of, margins in, struggling instead of Elon who can't Musk's afford apple girlfriend. products <laughs> yeah yeah um instead of yeah sleek groovy mm. uh zeitgeist ready essentially rock and roll developers yeah yeah 
<laughs> who have grown mm. up in an era where being a creative mm. who essentially doesn't do anything productive mm. is not just encouraged but lionized yeah um but of course to, it's mm. yeah it, it seems odd that something that has become ubiquitous feels so desperately the need to hijack um the product of of being a neglected outcast essentially yeah yeah and they had to mangle the fucking song to get it to fit so they've cut like you know two lyrics uh, two lines of lyrics from the first little stanza and then one lyric line from the next and then gone back and forth or whatever to put together a uh because the irony of using this song is so profound that the ad God, would collapse under the weight of it if they chose any one complete verse incredibly barbaric so i i, I hadn't had much I hadn't had any exposure to daniel johnson before you introduced me to his work um mm. not long bef- before you ambushed me with this incredibly fraught topic <laughs> uh, uh, his work because his work is so incredibly simple and mm. elegant i should say not simple but I mean, elegant it's, and it's simple uh, as you say has a very rare quality of purity to it mm. the idea of redacting yeah. his lyrics honestly puts me in the mind of someone doing a vivisection on a fucking cat or something yeah there's something extremely ugly yeah uh, what, what, what's it. what's this line? The best things in life in life are truly free. Can't have that in an Apple ad because it's fucking the opposite of free. What's this? <laughs> the sun don't shine from your TV. Well, this is an ad that's going on TV. Can't do that. Can't talk down screens either. So yeah, can't talk about how this problem's made you ill. That'll make people feel uncomfortable. Oh. And yeah, the result is this weird fucking vivisected thing that you can hear the cuts in the ad as well. It doesn't... It's not I'm, a natural... I'm reasonably inured to disgust as well after... Yeah. ...having spent so much time up to my neck in human mm. history and, and various sordid, squalid mm. subcultures and things. Uh, but I, I, I felt genuinely disquieted and genuinely quite chilled by this yeah i i don't i don't know There's why a level of visceral ruthlessness and yeah. um callousness i'm i'm not sure why but the same like i wasn't expecting to be this bummed out by it but i was to the yeah. point that i felt like i needed to talk about it here but and, and i'm sure that the people behind it some of them have good intentions like the director of the ad probably really oh loves God. the song i suspect yeah there was, was someone working in their marketing department who was mm. really desperate to give Daniel Johnston, some kind of great global yeah. platform and at this long is, last. You know. This is what people have been... I don't want to step too far into it because I don't, I don't know the man personally or whatever, and his friends have expressed, like, excitement to it. I'm sure that he's chuffed to be on a fucking big ad because he had his thing featured on a Mountain Dew ad and he was excited about that because he loves Mountain Dew. Fine. Whatever. That's not really... I think there's something outside of him in the way that we've allowed the discussion over commercialization of art to collapse when everybody was like... When music critics essentially abdicated their duty and they were like, pop music is good. It's, a, it's, it's fine for music to be good and pop music. And it's like, yeah, but nobody was ever fucking saying the opposite. People love David Bowie. People yeah. love fucking Michael Jackson. They think that vacuous music is bad and that's what you want to abdicate 
the responsibility of analyzing. So essentially, when everybody forgave Weezer for putting out that album Ratitude, we dropped the fucking ball. And now we've I lost about Ratitude. Yeah, we've lost the <laughs> memories make me want to go back there. Yeah, all right. When Thank I you. could still write Thank music. You. Um <laughs> didn't need that stronger reminder. Uh, <laughs> but it's memories. Um so fucking we've what what we thought we were doing was dispensing with like aesthetic snobbery and being like you you know what you fucking alt alt rock indie kids are getting kind of irritating and it's fine that i like beyonce or whatever and it was also this shift into like hip-hop and r&b having a new resurgency which is everything has to be a fucking difficult meditative death or truthfulness experience it's okay yeah. to just enjoy something sure <laughs> but when criticism whose job is yeah, to yeah. analyze in part to just say whether music is when good you're, or whatever, when you're paid money to um ruthlessly analyze not just analyze ruthlessly analyze yeah i mean you can still be like you know it's fun to listen to or whatever but they, uh, that's not what happens they threw away the thing and now all of a sudden it's fine to like well, they treated beyonce like some sort of mythical spiritual presence in the world that was mm. creepy and weird well i mean what lemonade came out and i haven't listened to it but i'm willing to believe that it's uh a fucking radical you know feminist uh experience for listeners that it's politically aware i'm willing to believe all of that but it also i think that when somebody points out that her clothing line has sweatshops that yeah. make her clothing the response of the media shouldn't be to trot out the old conservative line of don't blame Beyonce. She's giving these people a job and it's the best job that they can hope to get in that fucking hell hole because we have an iron yeah. grip over how people earn money in that Which part of the just, world so that yeah. they can be forced to make cheap clothing for us. Not, not true. Cause she could still set up a factory in Bangladesh. That's not a sweatshop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she could pay the workers. The- you can <laughs> still make, tremendous profit paying them what is locally a good wage yeah yeah exactly right so but we've lost that ability somehow and and just in in the sense that it's like it's good to listen to good stuff let's stop being so fucking pretentious let's about stop it stop trying and it's hard to try you know it's there are extents to which i agree with that i agree with like isaac brock when he's saying like you know i'm a musician and i have to make money and i like to drink beer so if i sell my song to a beer company to use on their ad you don't really get to tell me what i do with that fine good but i don't know we can't then pretend that nothing is happening or something which seems to be how people are reacting to this daniel johnston thing and what's a real big bummer about it is for every person that's like, oh, I'd never heard the song and thanks to Apple, now I have, there's 15 gibbering idiots who come in and be like, what's this shit? Sounds like an old grandma. A bunch of people who say like, what's this old timey effect that he's put on the music? Because they're incapable of understanding that music was actually recorded yeah, in the past you- as well. That it's not exclusively effects. I, I despise the expression old timey. It started to really fucking annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially because people will use it in reference to anything that's beyond five years. Yeah. Of age now. Yeah. I think I use it, but I don't think I use it derogatively. 
Ah, it's just it's just it's become derogative a, is not a word or derogatorily. derogatorily. I, I um, <clears throat> it's okay, Kieran. Like people get words wrong all the time. It's, it's fine. It's not fine. I get words wrong. Everyone, Oscar Wilde got words wrong. It's yeah, called having a human brain. Just settle, petal. No, I refuse to settle, <laughs> petal or otherwise. Um, is this part of? So I don't. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to bring my own ideas into this too heavily. No, you're except welcome to. that Drew. Remember, we discussed mm. the gentrification of art and media. Yeah. This is part of that process, right? Mm. It's um, essentially... Because gentrification and professionalization is essentially the process of enshrining cynicism yeah. into the artistic world. Mm. One of the reasons why criticism has dropped in quality is because a lot of people who had the opportunity to become critics in the 50s and 60s and 70s no longer have access to that opportunity. Yeah. Because there's no more adequate unemployment schemes. Mm. University is too expensive, and if you can't afford to live without an income, you can't do an internship, and therefore you don't have a foot in the door. So a lot of criticism which used to be particularly politically and socially acute criticism because Mm. it came from people who'd grown up under economic duress doesn't exist anymore. And we now just have the views and perspectives of people for whom art is prima facie uh, an experience of an alien world, not Mm. a reflection of uh, the horrible realities that can surround and, and imbue a human being in their life. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I think that's definitely a huge a huge uh, contribution to it. And just the fact that things self-perpetuate. So now criticism is about saying, I like this album, I don't like this album, and people who want to get into it just want to listen to a bunch of music and be enthusiastic about it or whatever. So they can't read. These people can't fucking read. Like, film criticism, for as pretentious and weird as it gets, at least still engages with that old critical idea of not just saying whether it's good or bad but also saying it's fucking interesting that it does this and it pulls from this tradition or whatever in music criticism that's almost entirely gone you need something like this is america that childish gambino song that came out recently that's so intensely like political and artistically minded you need something like that strong in flavor to get people to say more than just like well it's really good or, like, limply recount the themes. And, yeah, I think that your explanation is probably pretty much right on. It's the way that the career is structured and to whom it's open and just existing as primarily a consumptive experience and not yeah. not an artistic one. It, it, it's not that people uh, are bad. It's, mm. it's that they're basically incomplete and immature Mm. you've got a a powerful creative class uh, at large at Mm. the moment who genuinely cannot comprehend that things exist outside of the frame of marketing and corporate structure yeah and that it's as wrong to truncate a song as it would be to damage the fucking Mona Lisa, you know? Yeah. Yeah, which I'm sure that they would do. Of course they would. For an ad. It's just a, yeah, I don't know. 
not everybody needs to hear Daniel Johnston as well. It's not like he's an obscure figure, like he's not fucking mainstream or whatever, but he has a critically acclaimed documentary made about him. Uh, He's attached to Kurt Cobain, who was a fan of his as a figure, so it's like quite easy to stumble across his shit. He's still touring. He's released albums since fucking 1982, so if you know people who are musically inclined, there's a decent chance that you'll eventually hear about him. He's right. not an obscure figure. He's a so cult this, figure, but he's not an obscure figure. Yeah, so this this excuse of being like, oh, well, it's good that he's getting out there, that we're getting this song out there to people who wouldn't otherwise have heard it. No, because you're not getting the song out there. You're getting a, tr- a weird Frankenstein version of the song which tells you that if you buy a Mac, then you're being creative. So and not that you need to persist as you own. I have to wonder what the point is in truncating a song anyway oh i like that i want Mm. to associate that with the product change it yeah well i i expect that that's it it's like you know what would be really good uh this is in the pitch meeting i'm acting a (laughs) you know what would be really good uh this song that i know uh what is it it's stories of artists by david jones yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is a good one. It's very cool as well. And then you get the fucking green tick or whatever, and then you go and listen to it, and you have that sinking feeling where you're like, oh, this says exactly the uh, the opposite of what I want it to say. Fuck. All right, well, if we take this line here, this line here, and then have a meeting, whether why is that so wrong is too daring of a concept to put oh, into our fucking ad. It's fucking brutal, isn't it? It's It's sad. And fucking Grimes is in the ad. Use a Grimes song. Everybody loves Grimes songs. The fucking Mac buying public. She's got enough of a variation in her fucking uh, catalogue that you could find something. Somebody talked at uh, at me about Grimes years ago when I was writing for the Trade Squatters Journal, which Mm. is possibly the most obscure publication we'll mention on this program. <laughs> don't hold your breath. Well, I don't know. I think that it's e- I think I think T Squat, as the editor disturbingly mm. called it, was more obscure than the show we are currently <laughs> recording. But um, <laughs> that is a feat. That is a feat. Outside of that, I haven't really experienced Grimes. She's got a very broad fucking catalogue, as I say. Some of it's very good. I I quite like or quite like some of Grimes' work. I don't like her much as a person right. anymore now that she's... You don't need to do defensive Elon body Musk's. language. I don't have a clue who we're talking about. I'm going <laughs> to judge you for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, she's, a, she's an Are interesting she friends one. with Elon? She's more than friends with Elon, yes. Ah. She's an interesting person, but, you know, she's not... He's such a fucking idiot, Elon. I'm so... Do yeah. you hear that the Thai kids underwater at the moment? Yeah, Elon, they got rescued, They got apparently. rescued, Without his weird submarine. He was like, like, Mm. we should build a special submarine that's the right dimensions to get through the caves. We've got, like, 12 hours to get them out of the caves. Yeah, let's just wait. By 2021, (laughs) we'll watch as your fucking submarine miraculously catches on fire underwater on the way to collect their skeletons. Stupid prick. He is a cunt. Oh, the Navy SEALs. I think we'll be up to it. And yeah, oh, they were. Mm. How's that? <laughs> yeah. They actually have a proven track record of <laughs> really, hitting targets in all way underwater, the old Navy SEALs. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Elon Musk. Yeah. Which Grimes is doing. Um, so Until he yes. builds a um, special submarine that can do it for him. Mm. 
I don't know what to add to this, except that it's made me, like, quite viscerally sad. It chewed up, like, four hours of my night when I found out just look, just reading about it and thinking about it and theorizing and reading fucking endless, endless comment fucking threads of people who used to be blissfully absent from a Daniel Johnston YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> you found a little pocket of YouTube. Is this because you'd found a place on YouTube that was mm. nice to? Well, this is the thing spend when you find one, and it's been taken away from you by well, partly Apple exposing it to all of the fucking ghouls. And- partly because I don't want everything <laughs> that I experience to be part of the mainstream discourse, which is a fucking shit pile right now. So it's you. You know, you can find we- like weird musicians is a good place to find quite sweet, very stupid groups of people commenting on their youtube videos being like this is really good thank you for introducing me to this you know is there anything ah, else you'll recommend what a refreshing then, change from my usual uh, uh, diet <laughs> yeah yeah and then you'll find people being like hey check this person out and so i go all right i'll check that person out you discover a lot of interesting stuff now it's fucking 4chan somehow how that is insanity to me that a daniel johnston song got turned into a fucking edgy young man discussion point what did they think was gonna happen the fucking idiots creatively bankrupt the ad sucks as well whoever directed it shooting four people sitting at their fucking desk using a computer is not impressive all you've managed to do is damage i hope you're proud of yourself you're fucking definitely wealthier than i am you're not going to listen to this so fuck you be interesting to see how long apple can keep riding the wave of being the public the the company that is the face of the creative industries, whilst I, they slowly yeah. sap everything out of the creative industries. They're already over the zenith. Like, I don't know. You just can't, on a closed system shit that they're fucking obsessed with, you can't maintain that. No, I Ease guess when Steve Jobs so far. finally died, people realised that Apple was just another company. And yeah. we should calm down about this. Some people did. Some people didn't, though. Enough people. Also, the PC mm. manufacturers started to realise that there was a bracket in the market for well-made, like physically yeah. well-made products. Because that was really yeah. what Apple cashed in on was the fact. Oh that yeah, if you PCs wanted to buy a their computer, maximum jankiness at that point in time. They were fucking all disgusting, terrible, yeah. badly made but physical now, objects. Now you can go and make pre-assemb. Uh, sorry, you can go and buy pre-assembled PCs for like sixty percent of the cost of a an Apple computer that kind of, you know, works all right. So yeah. Windows is still a janky thing, but I don't... I would rather have Windows where... Yeah, but... What was it when we were trying to burn a DVD once on, on your MacBook? Oh, Jesus and Christ. it was a fucking four-hour trial. It took forever. Did we even succeed in... No, I ended up burning it on my <laughs> fucking PC, which I thought was broken. Agony. But the Your magic broken of the, computer yeah, works better. The magic of the PC was that it's only broken for some of the time. So ultimately it was easier because we didn't have the particular well, proprietary technology or whatever. Apple's flagship products and software products mm. are now um, over-engineered and have lost the elegance that attracted people to them. Yeah. iTunes is a fucking basket case. I don't use iTunes anymore. All yeah. it does is annoy me when I'm trying to listen to music and it keeps screaming, you're not connected to the internet, I can't access the mm. iTunes store. Oh. So that's good because I don't want you to. I'm just playing some songs. Yeah. There was <laughs> you a, can't. There was a composer. There is not internet everywhere. Yeah, yeah. 
Apple's insane, like, dedication to to centralized control in that regard. There was... I read this story. This composer uh, had recordings of her own... I think it was a she. Her own work saved on her computer. Obviously. Because yeah, that's where she puts them together and stuff. Music. She had these, these compositions and Apple Music downloaded those... Because they had all the metadata and shit, so it registered as sort of legitimate music. It downloaded all of those, deleted the originals, and then gave her access to low-quality MP3s only of music that she had made. And obviously, for most of those, she would have the kind of project files and stuff to to re-render. But for some of those, she just lost her originals of of her own music. Like, that's fucking crazy. Technology shouldn't be able to rob you of shit that you've created yourself. Yeah. God, when intellectual property is supposed to be the future of Western civilization. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, disincentivizing people from coming up with intellectual property is maybe not a great idea. Yeah. For a software company. So, yeah. Anyway, this ad is therefore not the first time that Apple has mistreated musicians in the (laughs) service of their grand vision. Oh. Anyway, we've gone a bit long on this one by yeah, a couple we've of minutes. Got, so we've, got, we've got stuck in the ghoulish so can, a bit. Yeah, that's right. But we can, uh, oh, we can draw it to a close. Apple, farmers, agrarian icons mm. are getting a fucking bad rap this, uh, this fortnight. Yeah. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Abbott's Farm Bread, we're coming to you. Is it Abbott's Farm or Abbott's Village? Uh... It's got Abbott in the title, so it fucking sucks either way, right? Yeah. It's Village, I think. Yeah. The vill- yeah, Abbott's Village Baker. Yeah. Which is one of the worst of the Wear Better Than Wonder White pre-sliced yeah. breads. It's tricked me more than once, though, because it looks like it's going to be good. I think. Yeah, I think Helga might be a little bit better, but that's probably subjective. Helga stands up to butter better. If you're... That's a slogan right if there. You're, if your bread has to be toasted... Yeah in order to not get broken by butter, what you have made is not bread. Listener, what I have to clarify here is that Darcy is talking about out-of-the-fridge butter as he prefers to keep his butter. Am I correct on that? Fucking never refrigerate butter. Yeah. Maybe in summer, overnight. Yeah, sure. I just keep it in the fridge because it's simple and because I mostly use it for cooking and not bread. But that's all right. The point is... (laughs) <laughs> getting distracted soft butter should mm. not fucking be stronger than bread yes I agree you have failed if your bread is weaker than soft butter yes and on that note I'm gonna say yeah. goodnight and goodbye we should le- release these poor listeners from this fucking horrible cyclical conversation yes go forth and be well Touching my best of luck next time